702. Food feature. 11 minutes after 1 o'clock, let us talk food. I mean, it's just going to jump straight to Nadia and say, I hope it's Laboqueria. Ow! Yes. I did it. I did it correct. Welcome to Laboqueria. We're joined by Nadia Singh, Marketing and Customer Experience Manager, and Nobi Lekube, who is the head chef. Now, I'm when the spot was quite in the early days, I was invited there by a friend of mine um, who was having a small launch for her new business. And I thought the spot is so fun. We were in the upstairs area. And then at some point when we're done with all the, you know, tapas style eating, then we, we went with our cocktails and we sat out. I thought, what a diverse space. It is so beautiful. And I'm so, so happy because that was pre-COVID that the business is still around. We know many businesses went through a tough time. And I'm so excited to have you because I just, I, I love what the space is doing. So Nadia, maybe share with us how did you get into this hospitality food industry? What was your journey? Oh, my journey is quite interesting. I um, I lived in Colombia uh, for two years and I couldn't work. Um, always loved food and it's always been a passion from, of mine. And um, because I couldn't work there, started thinking, well, what's the next thing I can do? My next yes. passion project, if, if it must be yes. that. And started looking at a coffee shop. Um, then came back to South Africa, w- decided, well, it's uh, it's make or break time. I couldn't go back into corporate after yes. being out for so long. So um, signed up with uh, Prudy's Chefs Academy. Wow. Um, and then opened my first restaurant, um, Bespokery in Parkview. Oh. Um, and that uh, we, we ran pretty success- successfully throughout uh, COVID, actually. Yeah. And left them last year to join La Boqueria. So in terms of, I mean, this industry is a really, really tough industry. Um, and we are just so fortunate that we are always chatting to businesses that are out there and are already doing the thing. What would you say to people who are listening that are like, I also love the food space. Maybe they can't cook or they just like, they want to get into it, but they're a little bit discouraged. What, what would you want to share with them? I think. Being in the restaurant industry, it's more about passion. Mm. It's it's a tough job and it's getting tougher with the economy that we're in. Uh, food prices are going up. Um, uh, um, your ops costs from your cost of diesel, yes. electricity, all of that impacts on, on a restaurant. So you need something more to take you through the hard days. Mm. And that's your passion. It's your love for food. It's a love for entertaining. entertaining. It's the love for just seeing people thoroughly enjoying what you put in front of their uh, on their tables and I think that's what I would say would be first and foremost second is be tight money managers mm. uh, you need to be able to count your rands and cents um, and and be able to plan accordingly um, so it's got the glamour but it's also got the real hard work behind yes. it. so it's a combination but uh, I think it's still one of those things or an industry that it still attracts me because it's one of those few things that you know right then and there that you can make it or break it in mm. a second. What did you learn about food? I'm curious in Colombia because I feel like they have some similarities to South Africa and I've never been there. I don't know anybody close to me that's Colombian. So I just have the sense that there's a vibe there that's similar to South Africa. So um, first of all, I mean, Colombians are 
the friendliest people you'll ever find. So, um, yes, I would say we very much like South Africans. Yes. Um, but meat and potato culture, similar to us. So mm. where they have asados, um, which is our brise, yes. it's very similar. And I think it's still around family and friends. So um, the culture of eating is about sharing. Mm. And that's what you'll see at La Bocarera as well, is that we, we share, we have uh, sharing plates and festive uh, feasts mm. because it's about sharing that experience with your friends and family. Yes, yes. And I think um, we do have that culture of we're quite communal in, in how we eat. So Chef Ngobile, talk to me about your food journey and where it began. Okay, um, my journey started in 2008. I started as a scholar chef. Um, I worked my way up. Wait, um, you, before the scholar chef, even before, you need to tell us about like when the idea of even food being a profession became real to you. Because we all grew up around food, but okay. you get the people who are like, oh, I want to do this for a living. And the people who are like, I want to have a chef in my house one day. <laughs> okay. I always loved um, cooking. I was always with my mom cooking. So yes. um, when I go to South Africa, actually I'm coming from Zim. Mm-hmm. So when I go to South Africa, I thought about taking this cooking feather, but then I had to start somewhere. Mm. So that is when I started looking for a job uh, at a restaurant, but I had to start as a scholar person. What does that mean? It means um, you'll be taking care of the dishes and also remember... Where everybody starts washing dishes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) You don't even touch the vegetables yet. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Cleaning the floors. Yes. So um, I worked my way up um, up until I started doing my diploma in 2011 to 2018. Yes. From there, I went to a company by the name The Art Farm. Mm. Where I worked from 2014 to 2019, mm. and then 2019 I worked for the height, mm. and then um, I said this is not for me. 2020 I went to Fresh Ed, which was a, it was a vegetarian restaurant, so I said I love my meat. I'll better go for <laughs> a meat restaurant. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so I left Fresh Ed, and then I joined um, La Poqueria. Mm. And and in terms of your um, the cuisines that you've been drawn to, I mean, obviously you've worked in completely. Uh, different um, styles or genres rather of food you've been in the hotel space what do you find yourself more attracted to the types of foods and cuisines Um, I'll say I love working in the restaurant than in the hotels uh, because in the restaurants you get to to think of your feet because you get customers that are vegan, customers that are pescatarian, they'll, they'll ask you for something that you have never seen before. Mm. So you have to be quick in thinking because now you have to deliver and you have to make them happy. Mm. Mm. Yes. What, what, don't, what don't people know about being a head chef? Because I think people have an idea of what a head chef does, but they're not actually sure. Yo, it's not an easy job, eh? Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> now you have to think about your costings. Um, you have to to make sure that your customers are happy. Just imagine cooking for someone that you have never seen. You don't know what he or she likes. So mm. at the end of the day, you have to make that person happy. By the time he goes out of the door of the restaurant, you have to make sure that that person is happy. Are you a strict boss in the kitchen that if something, if a plate is not to your standard, you won't send it out at all? I'm very strict. <laughs> <laughs> I am very strict. Because uh, quality control plays a, a lot when it comes mm. to plating, when it comes to, to your food. Because mm. without that, then you're going to um, fuck up your customer. Then um, yeah, We don't use that language oh, on radio. So um, 
Before we get any complaints, <laughs> apologies to all of the listeners. And for those of you with children in the car, our sincerest apologies. All right. So just chat to me um, about Labukeria and what it stands for in its journey. So Labukeria was actually conceptualized to, to represent a, a Spanish market in uh, Barcelona. Uh, it's also named uh, Bukeria. Mm. And um, we started off thinking it was going to be a lot about street food, but typically South Africans want something more heartier, something bigger on a, on the table. So yes. it, it the 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 menu has evolved, mm. and it's evolved in terms of having tapas or para picar, so light snacky um, options, but then to more serious dishes like uh, what you've had, uh, the oxtail, the paella, the 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 cooking styles that we now use as on, on coals, so you get a smoky, fired uh, flavor coming through on the meats. Yes. And that's what Knox loves the most, is producing beautiful meat dishes from Pacania through to Lomo de Saltado. Um, those are the, some of the dishes that uh, that we have. And then what takes La Bocaria into a, just a different space is, it's like you mentioned e- uh, earlier, it's the environment, the mm. space, the ambience, it glows. It has this energy, but it's it's more retro in terms of its fittings and features mm. because it's a lot of reclaimed objects. We've got this beautiful bar made of uh, a post box. Um, or a series of orange post boxes. We've got, um, you know, reclaimed breeze boxes. We've got a lot of elements that just add to the the textural feel of the place. Mm. And I think what we really pride ourselves on is being able to deliver just an amazing, memorable experience. Mm. And that comes from the level of service that you get from the time you open, uh, walk through the door to the matadora you know, looking over you to the food you eat, to the cocktails and our wines. We've really look at producing the best experience for your date night or your yes. family feast or just amazing night with friends. In terms of Spanish cuisine, um, the beautiful thing about South Africa is we are such an international destination and we really can have any type of cuisine how have south africans been receptive to the spanish cuisine and do you have a spanish community that's like oh my goodness this is home oh uh, that's a that's a tough one so, so south africans are willing to you know test their palates and i think what we've also done with our menu is make it more acceptable to the south african palate um but at the same time our menu is largely hispanic influence so we'll yes. we'll use things like chipotle smoky paprika we'll use techniques that are similar um that you'll see in hispanic speaking countries but at the same time we have to remember who our audience really is and i think we've modified our menu for that in terms of our uh, south africans yes i think there's a large community that are traveled or just actually want to experience the world without leaving johannesburg at the same time and i think that's what we're seeing a growing um audience in terms of uh, of you know being more experimental in terms of what they'll eat um in terms of um um, La Bocaria, we, we, our menu is constantly evolving. So, so 
before we were quite a meat eatery, we have now moved to being more conscious in terms of vegans and vegetarians yes. as well. So I think as a restauranteur, um, you need to also figure out where the market's going. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm just thinking um, to myself that it is really a fine line um, of wanting to introduce um, I nearly said an audience, but uh, a customer base to a new cuisine, but also trying to find them in a place where they're comfortable. So I'll use the oxtail, for example. All South Africans absolutely love, you know, a slow cooked oxtail and it has to come with a beautiful bit of mash. It is so comforting. Uh, how do you, in, as, as, the, as the menu keeps evolving, how do you say, mm, are they ready for us to add this one? Or, hey, let's pull this one back a little bit. How do you actually find that balance? Um, what, we, what we normally do, um, we take the recipes from our Spanish books. Um, we sit down, we do our testing, and then we take it from there. But what you find is that we, I think we've done this for so long that we also familiar as to what will work and what's more experimental so if it is a dish that we're thinking we we're pushing the boundaries on i think that's where our service team really assists us mm. enable to to make it comfortable for somebody to try something new um on paya sundays we we also do tasters so if it is something unusual that we, we're going to to be serving that day we allow people to taste it so yes. they can decide for themselves whether it's something that it, that just works for them or not doesn't so let's talk about all the dishes that you came through with today um obviously i i all the listeners know i'm allergic to seafood so i didn't get an opportunity to taste that but the team's feedback was that it was so solid but let's start with the paella and just talk us through all the different dishes that you came with and what you do differently and how you prepare your dishes okay so first up is the uh, paella de mariscos it's a seafood uh, um, dish and it has your your usual flavors of smoky paprika a bit of zest in it in terms of the the lemon finishings but then you've got your mussels your calamari your your tender prawns um, and I think it's just it's one of my most beautiful dishes and as we were walking uh, through I couldn't help but think of the aromas that yes. come out of this dish um, so that's one of them the other one is a very Mexican inspired dish, it's the chipotle chicken mm. and that's done on a bed of sweet potato a smear of chipotle as well as these tender chicken thighs yes um that's a little bit more spicier you find the mexican cuisine does use a spicier hotter flavors versus the the european spanish uh, dishes um going on to that one of um, uh, i think a favorite across the the restaurant and and i did say to your team it's a love it or hate it experience is our deep fried olives and what makes it really different is it's it's uh, filled with a, um, a, a zest of uh, lemon but it's it's also um, deep fried with panko crumbs, so it's a bit of a crunchy outer. Yes. yes, please uh, talk us through how you do prepare those deep fried olives because it's not a usual thing um, for something so briny to take it and deep fried. I don't think it's a it's a typical thing that we 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 enjoy as South Africans. Okay, our olives we marinate them. Um, I would say for something like two weeks. And then we uh, we is, is it as in, in in something else that's not the brine? 
Yes. Okay. We take our lemon juice, we take our oregano, we mix mm. it with some almonds, we marinate it on the bucket. It takes some time to be marinated. Then you take, uh, when you take them out, then you crumb them, then you defry it. Mm. And is it more of like a starter type of thing that one yes. enjoys? Yes. yes, it is. And what do you, um, what is it accompanied with? Kepa parsley aioli. Ooh. It goes with the kepa parsley aioli. Oh, that sounds like some very, very interesting flavors. Talk to me about some of, I mean, I absolutely enjoyed the oxtail. I want to talk about the tacos. The, you know, your tacos firstly are not typical looking tacos. Tell us what's so special and different about them. Um, we've got the prawn taco. Um, we use uh, the L1 prawns, um, whereby we first marinate it. Um, we use our lemon juice and our spices, our Spanish spices, smoky paprikas, and then we deep fry it. And then we use um, our pineapple salsa to garnish mm. it as well on top. And then we serve it. But your taco so, shell. Okay. So let's talk about yeah, the taco shell. So what we served you, we didn't obviously with your your seafood allergy. Yes. We we did a honey chicken taco. Oh, yes. And uh, we make our own soft um, floured t- tortillas. Yes. And the taco shell was um, it blackened with activated charcoal. So if you saw the contrast in terms of we eat with our eyes. So yes. what you saw was the beautiful red cabbage against the black black background of your taco shell and then the guacamole um, to, to, to finish it off. So, so we also believe in how you eat it starts with your eyes. So mm. visually, um, we do take a lot of time and effort in making sure that it just presents well. Let's talk about your drinks menu because people don't just come there for good food. What are some of the signature cocktails or the cocktails that are flying off of that bar table. Oh, so our cocktail list is uh, is just the epitome of of Hispanic culture. To be honest with you, it's yes. it's beautiful flavors. It's interesting. So one of them is um, that uh, I think is definitely a favorite of mine is the Mockingbird. Um, and what we've also realized with our cocktails before um, using egg whites was a must. Now we, we are more conscious of, of being vegan with our cocktails. Yes. So we use um, aquafaba instead of egg whites in, in this cocktail. It's beautiful in terms of it's fresh, refreshing and it's, it's not overly sweet it's got that balance and mm. I think that's what I, I really am proud of our cocktail list is that it's the balance of flavors we don't sell sugar um, and I think again people are more conscious about the wasted calories of, uh, of alcohol so they want the enjoyment of it without the, the calories that come so it is we think a lot about what we put into our drinks um, and again being a um, Hispanic restaurant you will see a lot of our cocktails will have tequila so tequila-based cocktails. Um, I do believe that our margaritas, whether shaken or stirred, yes. uh, will delight any margarita fan. So you can head over to the Instagram handle, find them on Facebook, La Boqueria. It is spelled L-A-B-O-Q-U-E-R-I-A. Or head over to the website, labuqueria.co.za. There's a Parktown North branch, as well as something coming soon in Pretoria.
Yes. Very, very exciting. Thank you so much uh, for coming through and talking to us about La Bukeria. Uh, should people like get dressed up and be ready to salsa and dance when they come through? Because Margarita, like, I, or are we siestaring? What are we doing? So the beauty <laughs> of uh, La Bukeria, even in winter, is we make sure it's warm and festive, but it's, you know, dress up definitely dress up it's a space to be seen it and uh, on our uh, on the 28th of july we actually have our afro um salsa um, or afro latino night where you can do some salsa some bachata some uh, kizomba so please definitely come and check us out if you guys don't know what kizomba is you need to go on the internet it is a very very adult dance it is so sexy it is so beautiful